0: This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network.
1: This episode contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. much for tuning in today I have my guest Brittany Patenge and she's one of my really good friends from college she's one of those friends that you have in your life that are there for you in those times where you really really need somebody and we don't get to see each other all the time and even talk as frequently as I would like to but the universe brings us together in special times where it's just meant to be and I'm so grateful to have her on today there's so many rich conversations that we've had together I'm not necessarily going to give an introduction right now I will let you guys kind of experience her journey and let it unfold as the podcast goes Brittany welcome thank you so much for having me Victoria so grateful to have you. So I want to start out just kind of talking about how we met. So this was in my sophomore year of college and we were in a Spanish class together. I was super to myself, didn't really want to talk to anybody and was like a little bit closed off and I would always hear Brittany in the back cracking off jokes with our other <laughs> friend now Sarah. They would always be in the back of class just going forward and I was just kind of like oh they sound like nice people I want to like I want to hear what well, the that, laughter's that's about. That's kind of
0: you because I think you know better than that by now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, like Britney just always had such a zest for life and such a like an amazing sense of humor. I remembered any time we would hang out, it would just be really fun times, whether we were just, you know, screwing around in class well yeah, <laughs> or during break or just at her house and making s'mores in the backyard. Many years ago, we always had such good, pure fun and lots of fun memories together. As I got to know Brittany more and learn about her past and who she's become, it's made me just see what a resilient being she is and what a bright light she has been. In this world and in my life, a soul sister friend to me, It's it's been so amazing to learn about what you've experienced in your life. I'm very happy to share that with you today. Yeah, um, so I actually was
0: born in Orange County, which is a really interesting kind of circle thing but my parents had the quintessential like super messy divorce everything just really gnarly super unhealthy my mom moved me up to Oregon where her family lived I was like four I think around that time we moved from the city to a commune out in the woods farming and growing food and stuff came a little bit later living really in the true sense communally food was shared clothing was shared space was shared everything so that definitely laid the foundation For what my moral kind of baseline is now and the way that I view really everything. But that being said, that particular ideology of communalism is wonderful and a very utopian idea. However, as we all know, not everything is as straightforward or there is no right or wrong or perfect way for things to be. Mm -hmm. So In that came, yes, like living with brothers and sisters and, Mm -hmm. you know, soul sisters and all that. But um, my mom did struggle a lot with addiction and alcoholism. Her presence in my life was not along the lines of like the hippie mom, like barefoot in the garden, like having fun and stuff, you know, like it was a very, (laughs) a very different experience. When I was, you know, I don't know, maybe like seven or something. She actually ended up getting together with a man who was my stepdad for most of my life, who also had addiction issues was kind of my first experience with what um, like a toxic person looks like feels like the way that they can contribute to really overnight the entire like axiom shift that can happen so quickly as a kid you know you don't get that it's just like what is going on like you know <laughs> mm-hmm. what? but that was really the time when i started to transition into understanding i am in charge of my self care sure. i am in charge of really navigating through life and
1: being the decision maker and the support system and in regards to some of the things that happened with that relationship what was that like it was definitely like I think
0: physical abuse probably is the most it, dramatic's not the right word. I'm not meaning to use it as a euphemism, but mm-hmm. definitely, you know, mental and emotional stuff for sure is mm-hmm. kind of always o- often anyway in tandem with things like that. The idea of I'm sure you can imagine as a very precocious child. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it was. Especially in also in a communal setting where individualism and independence was fostered really heavily, mm-hmm. having a, a person in a role that is trying to be very controlling and right. trying to really subdue that spirit in me also became like a, an issue of physical altercations Mm -hmm. too and watching my mom experience that and really coming to her defense Mm -hmm. like I literally have no fear (laughs) for better or worse of anything (laughs) Mm -hmm. getting involved and trying to protect my mom Mm -hmm. put me right in the middle of all that there was an incident where I was trying to intercede on my mom's behalf she was actually pregnant with my brother he like had choked her until she passed out and so I jumped onto his back and was trying to protect my mom he ended up throwing me off and kicking me in my face and it knocked my teeth out my front teeth out again like we're living in the woods we're not really doing like modern medicine isn't really even something that we do I went through middle school and high school with no front teeth (laughs) which was really I mean honestly now I look at it and I'm like what a blessing because I have personality for days. Like, <laughs> yes, you but, do. <laughs> but but um, you know, but yeah, like experiencing that, and really, that was um, right around the time when I'd entered into like the kind of the public school setting and mm-hmm. stuff, understanding social dynamics right. and what every every single other individual around you trying to figure out their totally. place in the world, and then those interactions happening. So food has always been like a drug for me. Right. It's like a comfort. So yep. not only did I not have a front tooth, but I was also very heavy and like the poor, weird, smelly kid with, like you know, like I would walk to the bus stop every morning and like, you know, like have mud on my shoes. We like lived up this dirt road. So mm-hmm. like I was that like I was that kid, you know yeah. what I mean? But now as an adult, like as a grown woman, I really understand how much of a benefit and a blessing that was. But right. in those in those years, it was really it did not reveal itself to me. Totally. Until
1: later and I mean so many people have divorced families and sometimes they don't have you know the best of everything and I feel like sometimes people can get judged incorrectly by Mm -hmm. those who don't understand how they live. Being open-minded and accepting and really seeing past that with people, because there probably were a lot of people that at school that didn't know exactly what you were going through, what you had to come home to and what you had to deal with mentally and emotionally. And during that middle school, high school time in our lives, there can be so much of a roller coaster, not only hormonally. There's a lot of things that we go through in our life that shape us as a person. And but understanding that there are other ways to handle it and how you've grown into a person where you haven't let what's happened to you repeat itself and you have taken measures to heal. And I think we should all try to be really
0: vigilant in understanding that that middle school and high school period mm-hmm. and sort of everybody figuring out their experiences and undergoing different things. You never know what someone's going through. Mm-hmm. That's true. All the way through life, oh. all the time. And yeah. its I think it's intensified for those reasons, kind of growing pains and really yeah. figuring stuff out. But I think for me, always being aware of that in my interactions with people, that was the, the chronology for me. It yeah. happened in those years. You really, truly never know what somebody's walking out of or into any day of the week, any year of your life. For me, that has been a gift that was given to me very early, but that I hold very close to my consciousness every totally. day.
1: And I know that you've been the kind of friend that's been there for me some, for some of really, really dark times in my life, which I'll probably open up about in the future <laughs> as well. I really feel that it's something that has made you a very compassionate person, a good friend, a good being, because you understand what it's like to deal with Your own struggle and how to be there for yourself and it's allowed you to be there for other people So my stepdad
0: and my mom had a son together Mm -hmm. my brother who to this day is like one of the closest people to me I was 10 when he was born so Mm -hmm. the age gap is a lot So I really like I took him to school with me Mm -hmm. because I remember coming home from the bus And he was still like in the same diaper that he was when I left that Mm -hmm. morning So I started being proactive and Mm -hmm. taking him to school and we lived in a community where that was something that was possible everybody mm-hmm. the adults around were aware enough of the backstory of all right. the kids that I was able to take literally my infant brother to school with me mm-hmm. and and then yeah people were like oh you know because I was already kind of heavy like oh she had a kid she was only 14 you know or like <laughs> which I was like whatever like keep it moving worry about what you're doing don't worry about what I'm doing like as I got older and the years progressed it became a real struggle because mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave my little brother right. but I also knew that there was no possible way that I was gonna have a healthy Life in short term or long term, staying in that situation. Sure. And so when I was 15, I got a job picking grapes for mm-hmm. five cents a pound, and I would pick grapes before the bus came to pick me up in the morning. And then get on the bus and you know go to school do my stuff and then come back and I would do whatever like clean houses and muck stalls do whatever because you know it's a rural community mm-hmm. so and everybody was super supportive about that and the thing was was that I like to this day I have a really difficult time asking for help mm-hmm. I would rather like drag my broken leg down the street than be like no like what's up on those extra crutches you got like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so um working and kind of being able to save my own money and do it in a way that I remain dignified was really really important to me so and not ever going into that victim space right I think was also a really that was the time in my life when I really began to draw that line and understand you can have a lot of stuff happen Mm -hmm. get guess what like you and everybody else Mm -hmm. you know everybody has something everybody carries something some experience some something and just not not having that become my identity Mm -hmm. so when I was 15 I had saved enough money, and in Oregon, you can begin the emancipation process at 15, Mm -hmm. and you can be legally emancipated at 16 as long as you are employed, you are in school, on track to graduate. And I actually began to expedite my high school graduation around that time, Mm -hmm. working with my counselors and, again, being very proactive with my own life and path and Mm -hmm. going the avenues that were available to me at that
1: time making Um, the best out of what you had (laughs) yeah yeah
0: yeah. by the time I was 16 I was I had my own place my I had brought my brother to come and live with me and I graduated high school early and really was like okay that was one of the first times when I had the hindsight that Mm -hmm. often doesn't come until you're much older so I was kind of having this like oh okay time passes no matter what you're going through Mm -hmm. the time will pass and Mm -hmm. that will be a moment in time that you you may or may not celebrate you Mm -hmm. may or may not be super stoked about but it will pass everything passes and that too is something that at 16 I figured that out sometimes today I'm you know like okay this is gonna pass like time passes this is not like a permanent situation so yeah I um, graduated and got my own place and decided to begin
1: my next adventure Mm -hmm. of moving out of my little community Mm -hmm. so you came down to San Diego and you met someone real special down here, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yes. yeah. Um, so when I came down, my, my sister
0: lived down here, my mm-hmm. oldest sister. She um, was like, hey, you know, I have an apartment. I need a roommate. You know, do you want to come and and rent the room when my parents divorced Mm -hmm. I went with my mom and she stayed with my dad she's Mm -hmm. actually the only same mom same dad sister Uh that I have and so yeah she stayed with my dad Mm -hmm. and then I went with my mom so we had kind of been reconnecting around that time and so she was like um, you know yeah if you want to come down and rent a room that'd be cool so I came down but A I had never lived in the city and Mm -hmm. uh, let's be honest like Encinitas is not the city but (laughs) coming (laughs) from where I was I was like whoa there's like a lot going on Mm -hmm. I didn't really have any skills right I'm like well I can pick grapes like really well (laughs) you know like do you need so um so I got a job at um (laughs) at Seacrest Village which is a retirement community in Encinitas and I worked in the kitchen and I was a waitress so I met at that time I met Darshan who was also working there and um we just became really great friends Mm -hmm. and I am really it's funny that I'm on this podcast right now now because you were the only person on the planet earth that I would ever be like airing out my business like, like this because like there are people I've known for years that are going to hear this and be like what like, <laughs> this is I had no idea like but I met Darshan and I don't share these kinds of things again I think it goes back to that mentality of like I don't want to be perceived a as a victim or mm-hmm. be uh, like where I'm at mm-hmm. my present space is who I am yeah and and what I'm doing and yes everything before that contributes but I don't necessarily think it's a appropriate often to share but then also people can't help but kind of make judgments and interpret things in their own way literally I was just this really really weird hippie girl who was like waiting (laughs) tables in this like rest home so anyway he and I became really good friends and really rejoiced in our weirdness. And I think that was like 2003, maybe Mm -hmm. 2002 or
1: 2003. And so yes, I met a very special person named and i think one of the amazing things is no matter how much distance you guys have i mean foreshadowing a bit but if there ever has been a bit of distance in your guys relationship there's always love there yeah always
0: so after living in air quotes the big city um (laughs) of Of (laughs) encinitas yeah literally like lucadia specifically like real talk it was off grand view like and so all i wanted i I would just want to like work and surf and that was what my life Mm -hmm. was about anyway encinitas Lifestyle. Yeah I know I'm like okay okay, cliche much like I can't but <laughs> but um. so anyway I decided that it was really hard for me to live I always say this to live in a place where there are less trees than people mm-hmm. like I really prefer to be for where sure. the trees hold the upper end of the ratio <laughs> but um, but yeah so I decided that I was gonna go ahead and go back to Oregon you know my friends and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I on my last day of work I wrote down my name and my phone number kind of in my address and I was like hey man yeah if you ever pass through Oregon you know you can crash crash at my house or whatever you Mm -hmm. know like let's stay in touch Mm -hmm. he you know he was like okay yeah cool and for a a year went by and we didn't he wasn't coming to Oregon and I wasn't coming down here but around that time I was really trying to reconcile with my biological father who Mm -hmm. I've been estranged from I kind of use the analogy like when he divorced my mom, he kind of divorced me too. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a struggle for me through my life. But as I was getting older into these years, older meaning like 19, by the way, like <laughs> I was wanting to um, reach out to him and share some space with him and really get to know each other. Mm-hmm. I came down to visit my dad and I got a hold of Darshan and I was like, hey, we should get together. Let's have lunch or something. We ended up stopping by his house and in his room tacked up on the wall was that little piece of paper that I had written my mm-hmm. name and my address and stuff on mm-hmm. and that was literally like a more than a year probably we hadn't spoken and mm-hmm. that was kind of like oh like yeah I mean yeah he's my friend and all that but I didn't really realize the depth of of our connection at that right. time until I kind of saw that
1: yeah little piece of paper on the wall <laughs> you were hanging out for a while and then you were off again
0: yeah I um was really being called to travel. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I never really had the facility to do that before. And so I was like, you know what? I'm dude, I'm going to sell my car and finance my trip because right. At that time,
1: that's because like, Brittany makes it happen. Yeah, <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I sold my car, and me and one of my best friends from when I was a kid mm-hmm. went to Thailand together. We just packed our backpacks and went by ourselves
1: for like six months. And I feel like I remember you visited an elephant sanctuary while you were there, too. I remember seeing those pictures and just yeah. yeah,
0: that and that was kind of around the time, too, when I was I never grew up wealthy. Going to Thailand was the first time that I really understood understood what poverty right. was and looked like and mm-hmm. again like this wave of gratitude came over yeah. me and still really does when yeah. I think about it being born in the US with the dollar is a golden ticket mm-hmm. really i mean no matter how bad or rough or we have it
1: starbucks got our order wrong oh, oh my god, god. <laughs>
0: yeah right like really like um like the vein in my head starts to bulge when you say things like that like i'm just like <laughs> what <laughs> but um first world problem yeah, yeah no really and i really began to understand that in my travels in thailand and mm-hmm. um even just fundamentally, like, not judging people. Mm-hmm. So I went to an elephant sanctuary, which is not the same as an elephant camp, I mm-hmm. learned, right? So at elephant sanctuary, you don't ride them, you don't, you're not exploiting them. If you go and you buy fruit from the people, grow the food, mm-hmm. and then you can buy the fruit to feed the elephants and mm-hmm. hang out. And that, And if the elephant doesn't want anything to do with you, like... Well, you should work your energy out because, like, (laughs) you can't, like, force them, you know. Totally. But I also went to an elephant camp, which was that quintessential, like, nightmare thing where they have, like, things are chained up and, like, Mm -hmm. there's baby elephants yelling and crying and, like. But anyway, yeah. So those kinds of lessons were sort of – that was when I began that journey Mm -hmm. of really understanding as a global citizen, mm-hmm. what those things look and feel like, and, and what
1: compassion feels like,
0: and yeah. yeah, and and compassion and empathy, yes, because being able to relate to people on even just in one moment in Mm -hmm. one exchange of glances or a little girl carrying her little brother Mm -hmm. to to this market even if there's a a culture gap or a language gap being able to identify Mm -hmm. and go like dude i totally get it i'm grateful to share this space with you and what an exchange of glances can really do for human beings and
1: connecting Mm -hmm. so when you came back from thailand what what happened with darshan
0: (laughs) yeah um so uh, I came back and Darshan and I were in contact the whole time and this was be the internet really blown right. up in the way that it has I mean we're like For 2002-ish right yeah. so traveling wasn't trip advisor wasn't a thing mm-hmm. like Lonely Planet was a book that you carry and you're like a big dog if you have the new edition you know what I mean I'm like no this is probably pretty recent and then yeah, yeah. but I'm like the, <laughs> like I'm the poor kid with like the 7 year old one where I'm like walking up to places that don't exist like okay well I don't know what the hell we're gonna do now like, but um there were a couple times when I would like go to an internet cafe and call Tarshan and be like, can you please find me a hotel? I think I'm in Krabby or I was earlier, but then I got on this Tuk Tuk and I don't know. But like, can you like help? Like literally like nightmare situation. But um, And of course,
1: he's just there. So oh, supportive. He is.
0: Yeah. He's so like, he just knows me so mm-hmm. well and really like embraces yeah. that part of me. Yeah. Like it's half, I love you so much for this. You're so not afraid and whatever. And the other half is like, what the are you doing like what planet do you think this is like as something appropriate to do for your own sake when I came back from Thailand I I had I had never missed another human being in the Mm. way that I missed him like Mm. thinking about I mean all the time like I'm oh man like I wish he could see this Mm -hmm. or going to temples where you can write in the wax of the candle what your intention is or Mm -hmm. one thing that you I would always wish it for him I would always intend like I hope that Darshan is manifest the things in his life that he wants and you know, or desires. So beautiful. Or, and, um, and those were the times when I was really, wow, now I think I'm starting to get somewhere about mm-hmm. not just loving myself, but really what love to me looks and feels like and yeah. and wanting to have something for someone else, whether it has something to do with me or not in the physical sense. I don't need to be there. I don't need to like really. Like unbinding love.
1: Yeah. So like boundless, yeah. not yeah. caging another person or mm-hmm. trying to change them. Yeah. Or anything, just loving someone as they are, where they are at that time, regardless of time and space almost, yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. So when I had come back, I... I mean, like I had sold my car, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like immobile. Darshan picked me up from the airport. I was a little bit haggard. So he was like, hey, you know, before you figure out your next journey, or do you want to kick back here and get your situation together? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. At that time, neither of us, from the period of time that I had described after we had reconnected, we weren't dating other people. The the connection that we had with each other was Mm -hmm. so fulfilling. And so we spent a couple months together. He proposed to me. It was zero hesitation. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't even a thing where it was like, "Well, I don't know."
1: Like uh, it was yeah. just the universe was so aligned. It yeah. felt like there was no question. What a healing relationship that was and has been for you, and getting to become a part of his family. I know he has a pretty big family. Yeah. So, I mean, what was that whole experience for you? Like, Darshan's father is from
0: India, so he has a huge Indian family, and the cultural aspect of it, and being, A, being somebody who lived where it was very homogenized, Mm -hmm. there wasn't any... A lot of different cultures and stuff. No, not at all. And also, I had already met his family before Mm -hmm. I left for Thailand, Uh and he always says, no, they picked you, like, way before I did. I was like, oh, that's, okay. Like,
1: I don't don't even really know
0: what that means. But like, <laughs> um, thank you? I don't, like, what? <laughs> like, I had become very close with his family. And that was also the time when I was healed enough in my physical body and mentally and emotionally to really start to explore what spirituality was mm-hmm. and felt like and kind of tran- transcending out of these realms and into other ones. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting with his cousin in, in their shrine room, um, Mandir, and they she was wanting to help me with meditation because yeah. she was like like you're there
1: you eat. you're ready Your body, yeah, yeah, is ready for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, because I was like, she would just be no, like you got this. And um, but sometimes it does take going through those depths where we just have to surrender to the moment where you literally can't make a impulsive decision to change anything, no matter what I do. This isn't gonna change, and you just are forced to accept what is. Yeah, the conscious
0: mind and the ego are really a lot stronger. But for me, anyway, Mm -hmm. at that time that I ever realized, I kind of especially. for you know being an American person who lives in this you know your outward identity has so much to do with it Mm -hmm. and what people think of you Mm -hmm. and because I had already come through those woods way before where I was like whoa like you can't you don't know what like you can't look at somebody and know anything about them other than like what their hair color is it doesn't work that way Mm -hmm. being able to have this beautiful tandem experience of unconditional love not just from one person Mm -hmm. meaning Darshan but also from the family Yeah. And them having interest in me or connecting with me in something other than me as a periphery to Darshan. Right. right? And I never shared with them what was going on before. Super not interested in being that like you just weren't there. You weren't there yet.
1: You don't want them to view you. That way or try to think that you're trying to gain sympathy or something. From yeah, them exactly. Yeah.
0: And so um, having individual experiences with people in his mm-hmm. family and kind of really seeing like the tight knit what's for one of us is for the good of all of us. For sure. And really thinking about honoring yourself Mm -hmm. and the people around you simultaneously, Mm -hmm. right? Like there is honor and there is strength in you being a good representative of yourself as a human, but then also understanding the ripple effect that that can have in the people around you. Mm -hmm. And so in that particular family unit, that was when I began to really grasp a hold of those ideas and that it's okay to be really closely connected with people and to not be reliant by any sense of the word, but independent
1: exactly yeah and so that that began that journey for me you were very independent you didn't want to ask anyone for anything and I've definitely experienced that before in my life too if one thing we can both relate on is we have the type of personality where if we want something we're going to do what it takes to make it happen rather than you know victimize ourselves we definitely level up each (laughs) other in our friendship for sure so good it's it's also been a lesson for me you know, because I was raised to be very independent, but it took me learning how to be interdependent and know that no it's okay to let people be there for you if sometimes people want to be there for somebody else and help them and you don't have to feel weak for not being able to get through every single situation on your own and our friendship has been something that has healed me a lot too because growing up I had a lot of my best friends move away and I would not be in touch with them as much and so I kind of felt like learning to be there for myself realizing that the only person in my life that was going to make me truly happy was myself and I had to learn how to find those things that were going to make me happy and learn how to communicate those to others, understand my wants and needs instead of explain, be like, this person doesn't understand me if you're in a relationship or something. And well, it might not be that person's job to understand you if you don't understand exactly. yourself exactly. first. So yeah. I think it is nice to have interdependent relationships where you're allowed to be there for another person and support them and they're able to be there for you. There are certain aspects of your life where you are in dependent but certain aspects where you're also interdependent because those dependent relationships can turn toxic when two people are in a relationship and one does not have the means to support themselves entirely on their own or is not fully well in multiple aspects of their life on their own and they feel dependent on another person in a relationship for that then it can turn into something that is toxic
0: yeah definitely i think also surrendering ego creates space for that right so if you are looking at somebody like oh she thinks she's what and really (laughs) genuinely someone's just trying to share their the beauty of hindsight the beauty of kind of retrospect that i always i was talking to my grandma about this Mm -hmm. it's not always an issue of age it's an issue of maturity right the space of mentorship is huge Mm -hmm. in foraging forward because we can't always do everything on our own and what you mentioned the interdependence and really being okay with trust yeah trust and knowing yourself right because any everybody's got advice Everybody's got something Mm -hmm. to say. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got whatever. But foraging space with another person who is doing it with love and empathy and really genuinely wanting for you to push through. Or if you can take a shred of this Mm -hmm. and apply it to your life, then growth can happen exponentially in a way that maybe it hadn't before. Those seeds get sown and then you just need that water. And sometimes
1: you don't have the water bucket, right? It's it's the person walking by that's like... Loked up on a bunch of water you know Yeah that um, can help you and I know that when I was younger I sought out Lessons you know if we would be at a family Gathering or something it's like yeah I might play for With the other kids for a little bit but I would be going And seeking out the old people and be like Give mm -hmm. me life advice Yeah, you know Because it's like whatever they're doing Whatever they've been through they've been around The earth a few more times than I have And it's Mm -hmm. just in the process of living And being alive that you learn things If there's any wisdoms or you know mistakes That they made that I could avoid making in my life and move forward or have that support along my path to not go down certain routes kind of like learning from their experience that really helps in being able to trust and be interdependent in your relationships as well it's like you can take this person's advice maybe they're going to tell you don't try this or that and you're going to be like well I still want to try it anyways (laughs) yeah yeah right (laughs) and learn your own lessons but to not be completely dependent on somebody's advice but not like, no, I don't need your advice. I'm going to do everything on my own. Having that open-mindedness. And I know Darshan's dad was served as one of those mentor figures for you.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even have shoes until he was 13. And then <sighs> wow. came, you know, came over as an engineer, came mm-hmm. to the U.S. He was the first one, brought everybody here, mm-hmm. really was the one that forged the path for totally. the Patenge family to be... Yeah in the United States. For me, I mean, I had shoes, but, you know, like <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of other stuff that I probably didn't acquire until after right. 13 years old or whatever. He tells me often, and like, sorry, Darshan Sonali, but he tells me all the time, like, <laughs> you know, you're more like me than my kids are sometimes. Right. you, I can see things in you that remind me so much of myself. Them being raised here and in, in the situation that they were raised in. Which is a bit more privilege Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah definitely. Be like, oh, you know, you're more Indian than they you're more you know in a loving in a in a way that to this day i mean he's my dad i call him daddy like we have one of the most beautiful relationships that Mm -hmm. i have ever experienced coming from different generations different cultural cultures different countries different you know contexts and being that close and really again like having that respect and open-mindedness towards each other kind of going back to what you were saying Mm -hmm. about um seeking out the Mm -hmm. elders really I think in our culture, especially as women, mm-hmm. there's this idea of like a shelf life right? I mean, like- mm-hmm. yeah. be- beauty and resilience right. that yeah. times out at least in the in this the social
1: the broad aspects of like our social culture, either that or it is just heavily emphasized the focus sometimes of individuals and in society is so media pushed to be a certain way Mm -hmm. that it changes people's perception of themselves or other people that oh this is good and this person is not you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm thirty one now. For me it is the best place age. Like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm I really got it. I know what is going on. I know myself now in a way that I didn't before, Mm -hmm. but I also am still, my body hasn't started the aches and the pains and the things that happen that will come, you know, that is hopefully it doesn't. Well, yeah, (laughs) but I'm, I'm aware and I'm grateful that that it will right because it helps me be more in these in this moment waking up and being able to like jump out of bed and do all the stuff that
1: really I could do when I was a teenager right. you know and arguably more more yeah. so now yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you've made a lot of lifestyle changes, too, that I really do hope will prevent you from experiencing aches and pains because you have made a lot of really good transformations and have really changed your life in a pretty dramatic way. I think I met you around the time you and Darshan had pretty recently got married or you were, like, several years into your marriage. When I had met you, it was a different situation than right now. (laughs) and. Yeah, I mean, since I met Victoria, I've lost 85 pounds. I mentioned earlier, food
0: was very much an important part of my coping mechanisms up until really I was like 25. And I remember I was walking up the stairs with groceries and like, dude, I was winded. And I was Mm -hmm. going from my car to like our apartment upstairs mm-hmm. I was winded and was putting stuff down and not sweating in like crazy way but definitely like had not broken foaming nose. at the mouth yeah I mean like yeah I wasn't <laughs> I mean well how did you know <laughs> but, but um because um, we've worked out before <laughs> together but um no and I remember just going mm-hmm. the weight that I was carrying on the inside was mm-hmm. directly coinciding totally. with the weight that was happening on the outside yeah. and that was one of the breakthrough moments in my life where I was like dude you are healthy. I mean, there are people who don't ever know what it's like to have the fortune and the ability to walk up the stairs at all, let alone rally up with a bunch of groceries because they live in enough prosperity Mm -hmm. to purchase groceries. Like really, bringing it all the way back, right? All the way back, meaning you know what? Like I'm 24. At that time, I was 24. Um, This is not a way to live your life. I can't, you know. And and so yeah, it was around the time when I was 25. I really made the commitment to a figure out what was going on inside Mm -hmm. and b manifest that on the outside Mm -hmm. in a way that was equally as healthy as what I was trying to address, right? Mm Because I I think it would have, it would have been, I may as well have just stayed the same weight if the ways in which I was going to lose the weight or the methods that I was going to try and embark upon to do that were some crazy crash diet or Mm -hmm. what, you know? So I really was trying to holistically figure out what is this all about Mm -hmm. and what am I going to do to make this a lifestyle choice
1: and not a vanity choice, Mm -hmm. like Cool, this will be something fun for the year. And yeah, you know, everybody has to do what's right for them and discover what's right for them. And I think that you have gone down a path of really discovering that for yourself. I remember several years back when you guys were at probably this apartment that you're talking about I Mm -hmm. think it yeah it was that coming over and working with you and Darshan on yoga talking about how my diet had changed when you were at your previous house when we had first met each other and we were like in our Spanish days this was before I had even changed a lot of aspects of my diet and we'd be out in the backyard like making s'mores and like just having a grand old time (laughs) and then a couple years later I was whoa yeah like started this crazy yoga and all eating raw food yep. you're just like whoa like what is all this and I just remember going and talking with it was a bit of insight maybe that was shared not to toot my own horn and be like I was the change yeah. like <laughs> at all but but I just remember being able to share that with you was like so nice because of both of you being so open-minded to it and interested in it it was nice to share that with you guys
0: and you're sharing it really from a humble place totally. from a place of love genuine like whatever the best is to you yeah. is what I want for you right But this has really been something in my life that has, rather than coming from a profitizing place, which to me is like a huge turnoff, and I think me too, um, yeah, and I think that's yeah, me neither, (laughs) and I think yeah because I like again like the vein pops yeah. and like I go nuts the cur- there's cursing like it's not a good yeah. scene I, I do remember that and that mm-hmm. really was a pivotal point in really it all coming together Yeah, and I'm like, he finished college before I did mm-hmm. and so he was going to go do his final work work study work abroad and I was going to the university right mm-hmm. when he he was going to South America mm-hmm. and I had put in learned not to toot my own horn but I got accepted to all the places that I applied so I had mm-hmm. all of these wonderful options in front of me that I wasn't really sure which one to take. When I got accepted to Humboldt State, which is where I'm from, Mm -hmm. I grew up in between Southern Oregon and Northern California Mm and Humboldt. Darshan going and at that time I wasn't comfortable with the idea of being financially supported by his family while he was gone Mm -hmm. and so I was like, you know what, I'll transfer up to where my family is and I can go to school and kind of maintain that sort of independence and all. We were having a lot of transitions happening with our relationship and with ourselves as individuals really and so it made perfect sense for that sort of separation but right. not in like a dramatic way but just no. to happen and not in
1: like a divorce way either. no no, it's like no again you guys no. were able to maintain so much love for each other and I feel like that is something that's totally been inspiring to know both of you and how wonderful both of you are How much you love each other and how no time or distance or like space between you guys really can break that bond. I feel like a lot of couples in relationships would be very tested by a predicament like this that much time and space and allowing that much freedom for one another to experience their full capacity or what they want to do in their life. So beautiful.
0: Yeah. He went and then I went Mm -hmm. and um, I went back to the commune where there is no internet. Mm -hmm. There is no cell phone reception period. Mm -hmm. So communication already was kind of going to be, you know, a big deal, but then choosing to go somewhere that, that, like technology really almost doesn't exist mm-hmm. was also part of really our process mm-hmm. of being cool with ourselves and cool with each other cumulatively continuing those paths of authenticity that we were being called to, yeah. to live
1: and during that time when you were on the commune I mean what types of things were coming up for you that you were having opportunities to change other than what you had maybe had opportunities to change before you were in a very different setting
0: So when I began to address the physical Mm -hmm. weight that I was carrying, all I could do was walk. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was able to do some yoga stuff that you had come and shown me some poses. Mm -hmm. And really, I mean, I I just all I could do is walk. Which is so healthy. Oh, no, it was it's super. I mean, to this day, like that's my go to. Like Um, I always say, I'm like, I don't run unless I'm being chased. Like I can't I can't be bothered. But like, yeah, um, yeah, so walking was kind of my thing. And then being out in the woods walking barefoot.
1: how meditative yeah and really
0: like um, I'm not sure how familiar everybody is with earthing but really getting back into that space Mm -hmm. and being able to grow my own food it kind of was like this beautiful, like one hand washes the other kind of thing with mm-hmm. my my dietary journey, mm-hmm. because understanding how amazing a fresh tomato is off of a vine and not eating
1: it where it was actually. Grown. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And being in touch with the soil, understanding that that is so alive and composting and really seeing there's only as much waste as we create. Yes. Right. And so thinking about, oh, OK, yeah, like my orange peels or my whatever. And then seeing as the time progresses, that that is beautiful, rich soil that is going to nurture your body again.
1: And grow new life. Yeah. And it's sort of like those things. I mean, I've constantly kind of come to a point where I've compared composting, those experiences in our life. It's just mm-hmm. some things happen. Some fruits grow on a tree or some things happen in our life that just... They didn't turn out maybe that well, but <laughs> yeah. you can always chuck it in the compost and it can grow new life and you can learn the lessons from it and yeah. it can still become something beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So being able to get back in touch with where my food is coming from, where my water is coming from, yeah. um, how much, how much do I need? Mm-hmm. Right. Because our wants are endless. There yeah. is no end to the things that we will want. And mm-hmm. again, that that is part ego, part the human condition, right, that we have to be conscious and vigilant of. Right. But then looking at my needs are very, very, very few. Right. You know, I mean, like shelter, food, water, clean air. Mm -hmm. Being in Burma, I learned about how important clean air was to me. That really was like I was in this little bubble. And I wasn't communicating with anybody, really, including Victoria. I mean, I, like, was off the map. like Totally. Off I the remember planet. there were, like, a
1: few times where you would go into town and be, like, there's EMFs. Like, this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. But, like, I'm <laughs> in touch with you.
0: Like, we're on the phone. It's awesome. <laughs> Putting a cell phone to my head was, like, such a big deal. Yeah. Like, you know. And <laughs> But, like, balance, right? I mean, you totally. like, I had to learn. That was also part of, like, bringing it back mm-hmm. and then creating balance. To be able to live in the world that we live in Absolutely. and contribute something positive to. Yes others around me and not just holing up in the woods and being like oh the emfs
1: and like the pollution like good luck guys like i'm not
0: gonna mess with that you know (laughs) so like,
1: but it is it is really easy when we start to make those changes in our life that we can try to seclude ourselves as a way of like no i have to keep myself safe and i've been there too where i'm like no like i don't really want to go out to a bar or like out to dinner because what am i gonna do like i don't drink i don't like maybe eat the food that's there but still wanting to be social i still make the effort now to go out and be social and do things because I enjoy people and I enjoy mm-hmm. the connections that I have mm-hmm. with people and I feel like you know that love and those relationships that we have. It's like that's why we're here. Yeah, because you know? like, what's the
0: point? I mean, like, yeah. what's what's the point of this whole taking thing, care of yourself? And, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like
1: being able to have those healthy.
0: Yeah. We can love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then once we really are cool with that Mm -hmm. idea and really understanding what that is, that is the point of everything. Right. And then it becomes really easy to love the people around you and the things around you and humanity around you and and everyone. (laughs) If love really is something that we all know heals Mm -hmm. and and you make that choice, then Even if you're holed up in the woods, like growing your own food and not even around an EMF, totally, you can still come out and have share that love with everybody. And maybe if the universe or whatever you, you know, fill in the blank for whatever that that divinity means for Mm -hmm. you
1: to continue to culminate that love and to keep it building. Yeah. And Um, it's so beautiful that you got to be out in nature because it's like Mother Nature doesn't discriminate. mm -hmm. It's going to love you. It's going to feed you and has its way of being crazy sometimes and sending storms and fires. But, you know, for the most part, getting out into nature is something that is so healing And back to, like, the self-love, when you did see Darshan again after all this time, how did your role in self-love and your new body that you'd had and your love for him, how did that all kind of coincide?
0: Yeah, um, well, interestingly, Darshan wasn't super stoked at how my body changed Mm -hmm. right which none of it had really to do with him in the sense that i was like oh you know this is like oh he'll think i'm whatever like better I'm losing weight to look like hot or something yeah yeah (laughs) right i mean no one's got time for that i don't i don't know but (laughs) like i think we all know by now like that is not my gig but um (laughs) like i have front teeth now what's up like that's hot you know (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so lay in the game i I mean i do what can people i do what i can but um <laughs> Yeah, so when we saw each other again, he was a little bit freaked out and mm-hmm. was a little bit like, "Whoa, like not what I remember." And right. we never really talked about it. I just figured it like I didn't really mm-hmm. have anything to do with yeah. with him, so I wasn't like, "Hey, like weight loss update," because yeah. I didn't even own a scale. I still don't. Right. The only reason I know that I lost eighty five pounds is because when I had to go to the doctor recently, mm-hmm. he was be you know, "Don't lose any more weight," like that, and I was like, <laughs> "What?" I was like, "What are you? What are you even talking?" I don't even think of it that right, way, right? right? I was like, "Yeah, I don't." I don't even know what, like what you're taught, you know? And he's like, what is your diet like? And, and I haven't been to like a modern medicine doctor. Mm-hmm. I-, I can't ever remember. Right. right. Cause like my mom, despite like what was going on with her ideologically, it was mm-hmm. like, unless you're like bleeding from your eye and we like, don't know, like we can't fix it. We're not going to the doctor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I-, I went for the first time. And then one time with Darshan's sister, I had weighed myself when I was really, really heavy and it was like over 200 pounds. And so, and I'm, I'm five, four. I mean, it was, it was
1: pretty substantial but but i think that's kind of a gift too because think of how many women that weigh themselves every day and their worth is based on their weight when it's just you've achieved this beaming level of beautiful vibrant health that you have now i mean your skin glows your eyes are so bright like (laughs) that wasn't the focus for you and i feel like for a lot of people creating whether it's dietary change or fitness change it's society really pushes that as being the standard of you know if you're real thin and have like some muscle definition and like you know whatever it's like yeah. that's not the end all beyond yeah. that's not a standard of beauty or health yeah. either no
0: yeah it's it's really not and um so after darshan and i had you know he came mm-hmm. back and i was still living in the woods um he <laughs> <laughs> literally like <laughs> off the grid like yeah. um, and and i was in my i was finishing college i was like around my senior year mm-hmm. he was very much wanting to pursue his personal professional goals, which are very business oriented. And that requires sort of being in an office in a metropolitan area. I was not comfortable with the idea of going and living in the city, right? Mm -hmm. Like at all, we really are still kind of working towards figuring out what that's going to look and feel like for Mm -hmm. us to kind of find something where each of our authentic selves can be prosperous and genuinely happy and Living lifestyles that are what we both want on a professional level, but then also what our spirits really need. Mm -hmm. And if on the physical plane that doesn't coincide, that's okay too. That doesn't take away from the love. It doesn't take away from any of the experiences and the, the depth. The depth, really, of of the connection that we have. Physical plane is just one part of it. For our relationship, that has, and certainly in the last few years, been something that is discussed all Mm -hmm. the time. And we're very aware of it and we have enough respect for each other to continue to forge that path and figure out what that looks and feels like
1: for our own authentic selves. Yeah and I think it's beautiful that that both of you have respected your own needs and respected and loved yourselves enough to do what you need to do and Be there for each other while also being there for yourself. Love yourself and love the other person and have that healthy balance there. It's different, but I mean, I feel like relationships in general in this day and age are so different than they were so long like you know even 50 any years other time, ago any other time i would love to see with so many more freedoms available to women now i mean some people would debate me on that and i'm sure that they have valid reason to but women do have more options now and i feel like women's role in a relationship has changed a lot than it did you know from let's say like 1940s and 50s <laughs> oh, and you just went to teach and travel in myanmar and i have a degree in
0: international studies and my minor is in linguistics i see And, um, so the, the sort of the natural step, because Mm -hmm. when I was in college, I wasn't doing like internships. I wasn't really, I was like commuting from the farm two hours out of the hills to go to school. I would do, I would stack all my classes so that I could get them done, you know, in two days, so on and so forth. And then back to the hills. Cause really more, it was more of an internal thing that I was really trying to be successful in more so than how does my degree relate to my profession, Mm -hmm. you know? So when I was graduated don't have a lot of professional experience like what what's calling to me now I really want to travel but I'm a little bit for me anyway at that point I wasn't at a space where I wanted to just do like unbridled traveling without a purpose I really was wanting to figure out a way to get those two things to kind of be in tandem overlapping Mm -hmm. because I studied international studies Myanmar, most a lot of people know it as Burma, was an interesting place politically and socially and all that stuff. I had done tons of studies mm-hmm. on it. An opportunity came up to get a an international teaching credential and go teach in Burma. Mm-hmm. Darshan, again, was kind of doing his thing in the city. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think this time when I am being called to travel and to go do other stuff, but I want to be... They're contributing something other than just, like, tourism, you know. Mm-hmm. And so right. um, to be in a community where you live there and you shop at the same markets and you – and I mean, to teach their children, mm-hmm. you know, it was – it's such a different experience that was really important to me to have. I was sent to Mandalay, which is – it's in the north, and it's – Yangon is the capital. It's the epicenter of, like, westernization that's happening and they're doing a lot of political transitions and stuff and in Mandalay where i was they really didn't know what to do with like the western up pe- a western person living there it's illegal to rent to a westerner wow. um or a foreigner right. really and no like the company that i worked for didn't really know that wow. they were kind of there expanding their business and so they're like yeah cool there's interest in hiring one of our teachers cool so my experience there was also really intense in the sense that Dealing with all of the things that come with moving to another country and like catalytic converters haven't arrived there yet. Mm So we're talking about like pollution in a way. I went from somewhere that we drank the water that came out of the spring from the earth to Mm -hmm. a place where you can't even put your feet in the river because it is so polluted. Like a skin rash. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then I became really, really sick right like i remember it, that in the neck in within a few months mm-hmm. i was like having chronic like respiratory problems like tmi but i had dysentery for like four months like mm-hmm. and then losing weight in a way that was it, right. really unhealthy yeah. and really scary like freaked me out mm-hmm. also happened at that time and so everybody's like come home like you can't you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you can you sound terrible like you have you know we saw your pictures on facebook you have like dark circles under your eyes like what is going on but i was really committed to you know finishing that out yeah. and the clean air thing i never had thought about being somewhere where you physically can't exercise because mm-hmm. you can't you, you don't you'd want like to expand be getting, your lungs you'd anymore be like,
1: yeah getting <laughs> unhealthy by exercise
0: Yeah, it was like a the weirdest thing but yeah even that journey was invaluable and again yeah. like all things that was a, one of the times in my life where i'm like you know what all things pass this mm-hmm. is something that mm-hmm. you you better be grateful that you're even here because sure. and you better not complain to anybody here about it because this, this is, is their, their life, life. Yeah. this is their this is their reality and totally. this is the upper echelon of it. to have access to a western english teacher you better believe that those are not the most impoverished people in that country and that's not to say that they were wealthy by american standards by any stretch but really like grasping a hold of how fortunate i am to a be there b be able to contribute something to their lives that they want you know mm-hmm. you don't just show up somewhere and be like hey i'm here to like help you guys We right. you know like yeah. that was something that i'm able to help them with skills and and helping their own goals but also Having a humble sense of don't be like, oh, you know, like when are you guys going to get catalytic converters? Like we've had them since the 70s. Like your air will be so much better. You know,
1: (laughs) like where's your organic fruits and vegetables? No, legitimately. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And and I went to one of my students. They had like a a farm. Either you use chemical fertilizer Mm -hmm. or you use sewage right human waste right that really affected me in a way that I had never thought about like right I'm like oh yeah farm awesome like yeah we're gonna like I'm gonna go like get my hands on the soil and whatever
1: like farm here is very different than farm there
0: yeah and they have access again to either chemical stuff or it's like sewage even those ideas right eating fresh food is not necessarily the best option. For sure. And they don't have refrigeration there because they have infrastructure problems with their right. power grid. So everything is pickled or fermented. Just living in, in that being the reality of going through this huge change and eating fresh food off the vine and you know like drinking water basically like out of a spring and all that and then going there it's it constantly if you look around you can find reasons to be grateful yeah everywhere you are in the world no matter what's going on and it was just really very obvious there Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and like after coming back from that trip i know it kind of gave you an opportunity to bond a little bit more with your dad Yeah.
0: Yeah. I came back and I was very, very sick. And again, going back to that whole, I don't like the victim thing. I didn't want to come back and have anything negative to say about my experience at all. But it had sort of heightened the interest of people who I hadn't really been in touch with for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, teaching abroad is cool. I just happened to pick a country that, I mean, is is a really interesting and sort of very exotic air quotes kind of like thing. So (laughs) Everybody was like, "Whoa!" Like we didn't even know. They'd be like, "Oh, she was in in Miramar,
1: Miramar," no. and I was
0: like, "That's that's not what that is." No, but <laughs> like I appreciate that you guys. It's close. Like it's close.
1: Miramar is yeah, an, yeah another like local like, kind of yeah, like, area but, in San Diego. But yeah,
0: um, but yeah. So uh, when I was over there, that's
1: difference. Yeah,
0: I had started a Facebook right because I'm not. I live like in the moment right with people like totally. Victoria and I. We don't talk every day and sometimes we go for months or i mean maybe it's even a years a year yeah, before like you connect and you create space with people that yeah. that you are connected with i don't think those connections lapse or go away
1: no. they my, just stretch a little bit
0: <laughs> and so um, my dad had reached out to me and was like hey you know i'd really i'd really like to get to know you like i really don't i don't know you yeah. at all and you're doing like really crazy, like wonderful things in the world. And Mm -hmm. I would like to be part of that. Right. I was like, yeah, totally. I don't carry weight with him. You know, like I I really am still actively trying to never carry weight with people. But definitely it was like. Just so much love. And he had reached out to me. And again, it's kind of like checking your ego at the door and coming to somebody with humble love and gratitude and genuine desire to share their share space, share time, really. And for the times and the people that we get to enjoy that time Mm -hmm. and space is even more beautiful right but just sharing it is powerful and healing enough I came back and he and I started to I would share photos with him Mm -hmm. and I actually when I came back from Burma I went back up to Humboldt Mm -hmm. and started working on like a goat (laughs) like a goat farm a goat dairy so I was like herding goats like I'm a lot you know (laughs) like it's like this is a lot going on she's a lot of extra yeah so like they're like the best way (laughs) so they're like so what have you well I got back from Burma now I'm herding goats they're like wow that okay like maybe we should get to know you I don't really know where to start (laughs) (laughs)
1: like, okay hence um, the lack of introduction because there's just I can't can't, let alone I mean the whole podcast (laughs) as an introduction (laughs) to (laughs) me
0: Like, let alone I bring EMFs into it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot going on. Like, it's Yeah, so my dad and I have started this really beautiful journey of getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. And I just recently took a job to teach in Mexico. Yeah. I'm actually leaving Wednesday to yeah. go there. And so I came down to stay with my dad and hang out with him and mm-hmm. get to know him and not like, like hey, let's grab dinner. And then you try to like, get it all out. OK, so, hey, what have you been up to? Oh, everything's good. Oh, yeah, it's really great to see you. OK. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, just like the times when somebody is just wanting to like kick back. And for him, he just wants to kick back and watch football and like drink beer. You know what I mean? And I just want to like kick back and do yoga and like eat fruit, you know, mm-hmm. and we're forging that space together. Right. Yeah. So he is kicking it, watching his I went with him to Long Beach Grand Prix on Friday. He invited me, and I was like, yeah, with gratitude, I will absolutely accept that extension. That is, like, a really – that takes a lot of bravery, yeah. you know? I yeah. really commend him for putting himself out there mm-hmm. so that I would do that, too. Right. So, yeah, so we Extending went – sending that hand yeah. to
1: you. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to hold our hands close to ourselves and be like, nope, I'm not going to, you know. Yeah, but- exactly. Putting yourself out there can be vulnerable and I think it can even be vulnerable to want to heal like past relationships Mm -hmm. and something as close as a family tie. There are many people which decide to completely break family ties with people that they're just like what's the point you know and for some people that have been in certain situations that's the appropriate thing to do but I feel like in your case it was a mutual decision for both of you guys to be like hey we got this one life to live we're probably in each other's lives for a reason let's get to you know a chance to discover that or create a chance to discover that while we still have time Yeah, exactly. And really, we were talking about it the
0: other day where I was like, no, man, I'm half you. That is a big deal. Mm -hmm. That is a huge deal. Half of everything happening here (laughs) is you, you know. And even if that, even if we didn't have anything else to connect on, which which now we do, but even if that was the baseline, that was enough for us to have the desire and the want to continue. And now I see Oh my gosh, I have mannerisms that are the same as him. We like say that like it's bizarre. And I've never, I've never lived with him my whole life. Never one day did I ever live with my dad. These kinds of things that were both with this (gasps) childlike almost kind Mm -hmm. of like excitement for for like, oh my gosh, like whoa. And he'll like stop and be like, You are awesome. Like you are so awesome. And I'm like, thanks, man. You're all right too. (laughs) (laughs) You're not so bad yourself, you know? But um, Yeah, so we went to Long Beach Grand Prix and um, I was his designated driver. What's up? Like, you know, and it was super, super awesome. And yeah, yeah, you know, I did go and like we went to like the yard house and I ate them kind of, you know, weirdish kind of food or, you know, not not, not, shout out to the yard house. It's a fine establishment. I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, that may or may not have been my preference, but like the power of like in the. Technical and sort of figurative, breaking bread with somebody yes. and sharing that that experience. that experience and really, there's so many different realms of connection mm-hmm. and of things that we can do to celebrate life. Mm-hmm. And for me, sitting at a table and like very much what you said, like, well, what do we do at a bar? Like, I don't drink and I don't whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But that experience, yeah. right? And being able to be in an environment where. I mean, we talked about some of the heaviest stuff that we maybe have ever talked about at the yard house at Grand Prix. And you know what I mean? So (laughs) it was like we were like breaking down barriers. I mean, it was certainly a culmination of of our cumulative energy, Mm -hmm. but definitely that social space. And being able to not just this is not like a therapy session we're not gonna make an appointment to sit down and talk about all of the things that are you know that we're carrying around it happens
1: like organically and, like hold each other responsible for this or that and, yeah uh, put no blame. yeah yeah
0: so like at the yard house eating like an ahi tower which <laughs> like, with like these weird fried wontons and shit like i was just like wow this is okay like i'm i'm not asian but like i'm pretty sure this is not authentic but like, <laughs> like
1: <laughs> It's but, California fusion. There yeah. You go. Oh, okay. All right. You're so <laughs> diplomatic.
0: I'm like, I don't know. But like, and then, yeah, him watching football um, yesterday. I don't know what it was he was watching. Anyway, whatever it was. And then baseball or something. I don't know. But, and me like kicking back and doing yoga. And he actually, it sparked his interest, right? Because I was, he's like, what? How are you, like, whoa, that is correct. Like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm just stretching it out. Like, I like inversions, they help my brain. Like, you know? <laughs> and he's just like, whoa, like, okay. And then he's like, well, can I, like, hey, you know, yeah, my, my mess has kind of been hurting. And I'm like, yeah, I'll show you how to stretch that. You cool. know? Like, I showed him happy baby so he could pass gas. Like, it was <laughs> bonding. You know what I mean? Like, that's what life is about. Like, solid. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's always time and space, I think, to forge people if you're willing to enter into a space that is that is mutual. Right. right. Like it can't just be all me or all him because then it then space gets created. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to take him to a Bikram yoga class tomorrow.
1: <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like experience this. Yeah. This is right. Yoga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, that my would, God. Yeah. Are you trying to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Literally. Yeah. So, um, I think you really have to want to be ready for that kind of experience mm-hmm. and be like, I'm ready to really be shown where I can grow and it's it's definitely a journey. There's a lot to go into and that's like a whole separate several podcast episode. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But, like, <laughs> but it TBP. really is it's it's like neither of you push each other's agenda on one another. Yeah. Exactly. And I think like coming back to that relationship, it's just all about finding common ground. All about like breaking bread maybe in a dietary sense but like also in other aspects like mentally and being able to eventually like now have the maturity to talk about certain issues that happened in the past and what transpired from that so I'm so grateful to have had you come in and have you here and have these discussions with you because these are the types of conversations I mean that we've had for years Years. (laughs) and like in much greater depth you're just such an amazing person with an incredible sense of humor and I feel like that's something that has really it's almost like the piece of you that can't get put out you know what I mean that fire that piece of you is it's something that lights you up again when all other lights go out not to quote (laughs) Lord of the Rings I would (laughs) never say that. (laughs) I wasn't even
0: going to call you out. (laughs) I (laughs) I would never.
1: (laughs) But seriously, though, it's an internal thing. It's not something external from you. It's not like your external conditions because you've lived through some pretty extreme external condition. And... You have the mindset that sees the good in it, sees the gratitude in it, and sees how you can grow from it and learn from it. I feel like this is something that I am so inspired by, and continue Mm. to be inspired by you and this aspect of you as having you as a friend because opened a part of me up. You know, I was this keep to myself sort of person, and it was your laughter and your enthusiasm and your humor was what kind of I could have a little bit more of that in my life and maybe lighten up as a person as well Mm. from my. Training and all of my experience growing up, it was very disciplined, it was very sure I had a fun time and like let loose occasionally but I was always very very disciplined with my life took life a bit too seriously and I really have so much gratitude for you being in my life and helping me let go of some of that and have a bit more fun and have some more laughs and be a bit more lighthearted and open-minded you know so I hope for you listening that if you've gathered anything from this that definitely that's something you bring home and maybe you can take into your life as well
0: yeah I just want to say I this is not uh, self-deprecating at all, but like I'm not <laughs> special, right? Like we're all the same. You know what I mean? Like, totally. like we all have these qualities and yeah. capacities, and it's an ebb and a flow in your relationship with yourself. Yeah. In order and like what's being channeled and those upwellings that right. happen. Some of the things that I share are like, whoa, that's that's a lot. But I'm, I'm not different than anybody else. Yeah. I mean, everybody has interfamily relationships, um, interpersonal relationships, relationships with themselves that can. Be Toxic or hurtful or painful or frightening. And um, everybody's working through their stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> is working through their stuff and everybody is vibrant and everybody yeah. and there there are dark times that I've been there for you yeah. and you're you're vibrant and light and <laughs> you know about mine and have been there for some of mine. Yeah. And I think connecting as humans and connecting as women yeah. has has been one of like the, the greatest honors of my life. Mm. At all of those really relationships and I always tell you it's a joy and it's a yes. privilege and it's an honor to share space with another human being like this yeah. but we are not the exception to the rule no. right like everybody can do that and is able to do that mm-hmm. and there's no right time there's no wrong time there's no chronology to follow everybody has that light and everybody carries that light and sometimes it's super bright and burning and sometimes it's a little bit dim but everybody carries it i just wanted to say that that Not, we're yeah. all
1: special but we're all Not special because we're the same. You know what I mean? (laughs) We go through similar things in our lives. One person's experience with a particular struggle may be different than ours, but we struggle together and we strive together and when we're able to be there for each other through that what a beautiful experience and you've been just such a wonderful like mm-hmm. sister and friend to me mm-hmm. in my life and oh, I love, you, love you oh my god I love yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> and commence like the crying and hugging like
0: I'm just kidding but no yeah the connectedness that we all have I think is really really first and foremost I mm-hmm. think in this human experience totally. to love and to connect and to not throw stones and judge or even yeah. if you sometimes can't help it Mm -hmm. you know it's the first kind of reaction we're conditioned into or just that is acceptable right but you shift your baseline to something else being acceptable right not judging not looking at somebody and open-heartedly loving everything and everyone around Mm -hmm. you if that can become the focus and, and the sort of the overarching as well as the underscore of what you're trying to accomplish in life I think you you're
1: successful anyway yeah is there any message that you would like to share with today's youth? Put down your cell phone and look around, right?
0: Con- look in people's eyes. Connect with people around you. Be- understand how wonderful the sunshine feels on your body stand in the grass barefoot, understand, take a drink of clean, cool water, take a big breath of fresh air and really understand that there are people on the earth who may never be able to experience one of those things, let alone simultaneously, all of those things live in that let everything else fall, fall away. And even if it's just for one moment a day or a week or whatever you are ready for unplug and phone down and and look into people's eyes and think about how much you are just exactly the same as them
1: thank you for tuning in to vibrant raw living remember that you are just as worthy deserving and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else if you have found this podcast useful please subscribe via itunes or soundcloud and share it with your friends and family You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential.